And I'll quote Bruce Dorn here, find what you love and let it kill you. Welcome back to the interview podcast on the Y Milbank Podcast Network from Milbank, South Dakota. I'm Craig Weinberg. And uh, back in 2019, um, in the last episode, we had Jay Gramond on, the guy who coordinated and kind of organized the 2019 Black Hills Photo Shootout uh, in Deadwood, South Dakota. And uh, in the, over the course of that weekend, I got a chance to uh, meet Jen Zeller, who is the, on, I believe on Instagram, she's the South Dakota cowgirl. Um, and uh, from her, some of the pictures of her that she had up there um, were absolutely stunning. And uh, I, of course, as the photographer, and I always want to know who does what, uh, I dug into who, <laughs> who took that. And then it turns out that um, there's a guy I had never known, and all I've known of him is uh, the immaculate beard he wears. Um, but Chris Dickinson from, you're in Utah, is that correct? Yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> CDphotog.com is the website. Um, how long have you, it's just the work you do, the, the Western photography that I saw uh, is just, um, it, it's breathtaking, the stuff that I've seen. And uh, I always look forward to, to what you post on Instagram. And uh, I know lately you've been playing I'll call it playing because I would absolutely play all day long if that's what it was um, <laughs> in the snow with uh, Bruce Dorn, who is a Canon uh, Explorer of Light, I believe, um, and a couple other uh, ladies. Uh, one of them is your wife. Is that correct? That is. Yeah, that's right. Is she a photographer also? No, she's not. Just a willing um, subject? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she is absolutely a willing subject uh, to be in front of the lens. Uh, Craig, thank you for having me on. Thanks for inviting my beard and I to uh, excellent grace your show. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I, I went back and looked your um on your YouTube page, um yeah your your uh your role your demo reel that's up there uh, <laughs> it's from seventeen and you do not have a beard. <laughs> that's that correct. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, um, I I had a beard. Oh, I don't know, maybe five years ago, mm -hmm. and then. One like night. to the same caliber as your current beard? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is yeah, not so new. I and, and not to take up your show about my beard. <laughs> Good God. Um I I've never grown a beard in my life. And so yeah, I honestly I, I just got bored and I didn't want to shave. And so I grew a beard. And as it turns out, apparently I can grow a decent beard. Apparently. So, yeah. It, it, it was nothing more than just uh, straight up boredom that I didn't want to, I didn't want to shave. And uh, a couple years later, my wife and I are having a drink in the kitchen one evening and she asked, you know, would you ever shave your beard? I said, yeah, no problem. It's not, I'm, an, I'm not invested in my beard. It's just, it was bored. It was boredom. She said, "Really, you shave?" I said, "Yeah." So I went and got the I went and got the um, uh, clippers and shaved it right off, and posted a picture the very next morning, and people were freaking out, like, "Oh my god, you shaved your beard!" And I'm like, "Yeah, well, it wasn't something that that I, you know, was like stoic about. I, mm -hmm. God, I have a beard." And then um, a couple of years ago, now uh, was the same thing. So I just decided I'd grow a beard again, and and uh, Joe, my wife, has 
I was lovingly put up with it. So, <laughs> oh, so it wasn't like she said, no, put it back on. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Excellent. Um, how, you're in Utah. How long have you been, um, how long have you focused on photography as your uh, career, I guess? Because, I mean, it is uh, your full-time career, right? That is correct, yeah. Uh, so professionally over 13 years now. Um, prior to that, I would say, um, you know, an, another four years prior to that. So 17 years, mm-hmm. um, all in, if you will. And I say professionally because my wife and I are both self-employed. Um, you know, we, we don't have a nest egg or something like <laughs> right. that, you know, or, uh-huh. you know, I'm, I'm not yep. a coffee barista on the side. Uh, <laughs> this is, this is my full-time gig. This is what I do. Uh, my wife is a full-time dog trainer, full self-employed. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Um, yeah. <clears throat> have you always been into the Western life as far as where, like, have you guys lived out in that area or what yeah. drew you to that, to that Sure, lifestyle? sure. So my, my wife and I, um, she's, she's always been into horses and, you know, the Western lifestyle going back as a child. Um, but for, for me, I was raised in Montana, uh, born up there and then moved out to Minnesota as a young child. My, uh, my dad was going on to be a pastor and, uh, went to a Bible college out in, out in Southern Minnesota. Um, so I grew up around just corn stalks, you know, Southern mm-hmm. Minnesota is, uh, mm-hmm. kind of industrial. It's, uh, it, it, a lot of corn, yeah. a lot of corn out there. <laughs> um, so that that's how I grew up, you know, the lifestyle that that I was in. And it wasn't until Joe that I really got into the Western lifestyle. And from, you know, early on, um, from the photography side of things, it was, uh, for me, it was finding that unique, um, not signature, not style, but but just the uniqueness in your voice to mm-hmm. express yourself. And through, through my coverage of the Western lifestyle, I was able to find that. Um, one of the things that I find so valuable, and, and you get this after, of course, as you know, after you look back, mm-hmm. you have that hindsight and you can say, um, and, and I'll quote Bruce Dorn here, find what you love and let it kill you. Oh, and you know, for a lot of people, um, they, they'll ask questions like, how do you find your certain style? How do you, um, develop your, your signature style? And, and I think it has more to do with sharpening your vision, which comes with time, um, versus a preset or Mm -hmm. or a Photoshop action or something like that. And the Western lifestyle has done that for me. Um, if, if I'm mentoring somebody on finding their style, if you will, and sharpening your vision, it, it comes down to uh, finding what it is that you're passionate about and mm-hmm. then shooting, you know, say shooting, photographing the heck out of it. Um, you know, find, find your different angles, find what you're passionate about within the, within that subject and, and let it, you know, let it carry you. Mm-hmm you are, I mean, every year you have several workshops that you guys uh, 
you, you produce them, right? Like you, you put them on or do people bring you in to do them? Um, both. So Sorry, yes, retreat. I photo retreat. Yeah. It, it, it's retreat. probably different, isn't it? It no, is. No. Yeah. No, it's a, I, I appreciate the distinction because uh, a workshop, as we know, within the photography community, it's, it's a buzzword, mm-hmm. workshop, workshop, workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, just like in, in the Western or the horse world, you know, we talk about clinics. Right. Uh, I need to go to a horse <laughs> right. training clinic. Uh-huh. And in the photography world, we say, we need to go to a photography yep. workshop. Um, yeah, differentiating differentiating mine from workshops to a retreat because uh, it's an experience. It's not just a four hour lecture and mm-hmm. then grab a model and you know put something in front of your lens and call it a day. Um, this is this is a deep dive into how how to tell better stories, composing compelling images in the Western lifestyle, and being able to tell. Um, being able to tell a, an effective story. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the biggest difference between mine. And then they go, uh, this year I started, uh, a different timeline on mine. And that is, uh, they start on a Thursday evening and go Friday, Saturday, and then check out Sunday. Again, part of the uniqueness to the retreats is the locations that I have them at. And this is the first year uh, that I will have them at more of a, uh, not a resort, but guest ranches in the past. And, and still this year, um, I, I always do my best to make sure that I'm at a working ranch, that we are in a legitimate mm-hmm. working Western lifestyle, uh, not just, you know, throw some people out there with not cowboy hats ranch, on. And, right. Yeah. yeah. So, and, but, but, but that, that's so you can get real authentic, uh, environments, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yep, exactly. And, and we're putting people in there that, um, you know, are not putting people in there, but the people that are in our images are the people that are actually working, mm-hmm. not, you know, not throw in a model and, right. and call it a day. That's part of, uh, the uniqueness of my retreats is, is the working lifestyle. Do you limit the attendance? I do, yeah, especially with COVID too. Oh, geez, I didn't um, think about that. Holy cow, what has yeah, that done to your retreat world? Nothing. <laughs> I, I yeah, no, I'm I'm not kidding. Really, um, I've limited the participation, mm-hmm. but uh, I I don't go over ten people in general. Oh, okay. But um, over you know over this year and last year, of course, um, I pulled that attendance down you know, between six and eight people Mm -hmm. and, um, still, you know, sell out, sell out, sell out. And it's, yeah, I'm thankful for that. And probably the most honorable thing, uh, for me is, is with my workshops, nearly 50 to 75% of the people that come are repeats. Um, so so this is almost vacation for them. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I it's totally really part that. of... Maybe I need to start figuring out how to sneak my way into these. <laughs> that's a great... <laughs> that's, that's a great vacation. Yeah, it, it's not just it's not just academic. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do my best to balance out the academic side of, of the vocabulary of photography, mm-hmm. you know, aperture, shutter, and ISO, with the actual shooting, you know, that if, if we stand back, you know, you and I and, and people... That let's say that that are experienced professionals. If you stand back and you look at the progression of 
my retreats, it goes from an academic classroom style. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, let's give you the tools and then let's execute on those tools deliberately. And then let's take the, what you learned over the last two courses and apply it while you're out covering the lifestyle. Right. And are you there as kind of a, a, an on-site coach during all this? hundred percent. Yep. And there's many, many times, in fact, I'll never forget, um, you know, the people that come to my workshops, you know, slash retreats are really, uh, they, they become friends and they mm-hmm. become dear friends, not, not just participants. Um, there, there are many times that I won't even have my camera in hand because it, it look, if, if you're a retreat or a workshop leader, host and your participants aren't number one on your list you're doing something wrong yeah you know it's it's not about you getting the shot it's about you helping your participants get the shot Mm -hmm. you know helping them see what you see and there was there was one time out at jen's place i think it maybe it was 18 2018 something like that uh, one of the participants, Erin Worrell, she's out of Texas. Uh, we went out, we're, we're doing some on-location portraiture, you know, balancing natural light and artificial light at sunset. And, and I didn't have my camera. And she, we, we, we got done with the shoot and we went back in to review. And she said, you know, I've never been to another workshop where, you know, where the leader doesn't have a camera in their hand. And I really? said, this is my workshop. This is your workshop, right. not mine. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's about me helping you um, see creatively and, and develop images. So one of the things that I've, as I've followed your Instagram, um, you are very deliberate in all of the things you post to include your camera settings and your gear. Um, when did it become important to you to, to teach, to, to give the information that you have out? Um, you know, throughout my life, Craig, a, it's always been a part of who I am, mm-hmm. um, regardless of being a photographer, is it, to, in some way, give back to the community at large, um, whether that is your <clears throat> local ge- geographical community or even, um, you know, the photography community at large. And it's easy to say, um, I'm sure you could tell all kinds of stories as well about about the people that beat you down yeah. and, and it is not photography specific. I, I, I'm not going to bang on the industry and say, you know, we're just a bunch of buttholes, but um, <laughs> um, there's some definitely there, there are definitely, yeah, yeah, there, there are some out there. And uh, fortunately off of, off of those bad experiences, mm-hmm. you can build, you, know, you can become more passionate about what you do and this is a large part of it for many, many years. In fact, starting in 09, I started, uh, perhaps you remember that uh, global uh, movement called Help Portrait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I started uh, the Help Portrait Utah group. Okay. And, well, was and that ran- Jeremy Cowart headed up? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Out of Tennessee. Yep. So he headed it up. Um, and this, this is no, this is no slight on Jeremy, but um um, you know, I just, figured, I, I knew I could do it better. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I did with Help Porter Utah was uh, we followed kind of the same model, but what I did was I had a bunch of other professionals come in 
Um, what I ask of them is that everybody be able to use um, strobes. I don't want to do it outside. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do it natural light. I want to be able to, you know, go through a 12 hour day of shooting. And then in a week, I need people to get me back the images. And then I, I uh, met with a gal here in Utah that owns Persnickety Prints, and she did all the eight by tens for free. So what we would wow. do is each family would receive a 15 minute photo session. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether that's a single mother or father with their kids or refugees, homeless veterans, whatever, um, they would come in and, and get their 15 minute photos. And then in a week, we would give them a copyright free CD of all the images plus an eight by 10. Wow. And um, that was, you know, that was a deviation from the global health portrait model, mm -hmm. but we followed that for almost 10 years. In fact, um, so I led it over eight years. And in those eight years, we photographed over um, 12,000 people. Wow. And those people uh, tended to be um, uh, refugees, homeless, um, financially disadvantaged, you name it, but how it's did, always good. How did you good. find them? Mm, yeah. So I partnered with our Salt Lake County housing okay. authority. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it just makes sense that they would organically have the need mm -hmm. and it was always part of them. I also knew that we needed to have um, locations in mind, you know, right. a, a location that's going to be able to, um, move people in and out in an orderly fashion. And, you know, Salt Lake County is going to have, um, you know, plenty of resources to make mm -hmm. that happen. So between myself and um, the, uh, the head of the housing authority, we would, you know, we would team up every year. And it was, it was something that I was very, very passionate about as far as not putting any requirements on anybody coming in to get their pictures. If you're in need, that's it. People right. would say, do I, do I have to bring in my, my paste oh, of right to prove it. Yeah. 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 No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Very, very humbling. So that's wonderful. anyways, we kind of got off topic there, but no, this is a good topic. I think that's fantastic. We do, we do a very much smaller scale concept uh, every year at back to school. Um, we partner with our local, um, it, it, it is that, um, you know, if, if families need, um, you know, financial assistance, housing assistance, things like that. And they typically get a bundle for back to school. And so uh, what we did probably four or five years ago, we started with them. Uh, they approached us to see if we could do just a quick family portrait or a school portrait necessarily sure. um, for them. And the cool part about it is over the years, and this year we couldn't do it because of COVID and the school system was, you know, set up differently. So we did, get, didn't get it done this year, but it's been so fun to watch these people. I mean, we've had some families that they've never had a picture taken ever as a family. Yep. yep. And, and we, we have some portable gear, so we actually are able to come on site and print so they get to walk home with their 8x10 that day. And it, it was it's so fun to watch. So now when they come in, um, it's, they're ready to go. They're dressed up. The kids are looking great. And they are excited. Like, this is a day they, they look forward to every year now. And it's just, you know, it's something we've done with them. And we, you know, there's no cost to them. It's just, it's a way for us to, to give back. And I think imagery is so, it's so emotional. And it is that moment in time that, that what else are you going to have from history to really remember it by? 
You know, Craig, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I, I, I'm an emotional guy and, and I'll tell you what, I could get very emotional um, talking about this when you, when you say some people have never had their pictures taken, or mm-hmm. never had their family portraits taken. And, you know, not just the work I did in help portrait, but um, in, in many, many cases, um, especially in help portrait, we would get letters saying that this is the only tangible thing that, that they had to give back to friends and family, you know, and, and those are the things that remind you that what we do, you know, one of the things that I trademarked is, uh, it's not just a snapshot. It's a story. You know, I saw that at the bottom of your website, that's a trademark. Yeah. That is fantastic because it's so true. It's right on the money. Yeah. It's not something, and this is part of the retreats that, we're not just taking snapshots mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter. It, it just, I like to swear, but I won't swear. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's it, regardless of where you're at mm-hmm. in your photography journey, that your emotions can be put into your images. Yeah. And, you know, if you've been at this for six months or six years or 16 years, that when we go out, we learn to, we learn to develop our voice over time and, and put our emotions into the images. And I, I, I'm definitely an emotionally driven shooter. Yeah. Uh, speaking of emotion, can we uh, explore your Instagram for a minute? I have a question. <laughs> sure. Yeah. How about um, on January 16, just a couple of days ago, <laughs> okay, there's yeah. a picture of an old gentleman. <laughs> it, is he working on leather? Is he working on a saddle? Let's see. Um, so if you go uh, on Instagram, it's CD oh, Photon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's the story? Because um, I had the opportunity uh, about a year ago, a year and a half ago, to photograph an old man. He just recently passed away. Um, but we got to go into his shop. And I, I said, I want, him in, I want him in the place he loved. And so we got to put him in his shop. And some of the shots are just, it's, it's so emotional. And for the family, it's a big deal because that's where he loved to be. And this feels very similar. Tell, tell me about this guy. Yeah, his name is Don Brown. I, I was out on assignment um, for American Quarter Horse Association. Mm-hmm. He sent me out to California uh, to cover this, uh, this gentleman. He's, uh, how old is Don? I, I want to say he's 85. In his 80s. I, I don't remember his exact age, but. He's one of the best rawhide braiders out there. He's known for his uh, hackamores, his bozelles. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you ride at all. Uh, I want to. And... I, I've always wanted okay. to. Okay. I've just never been within able to. <laughs> within the uh, within the Western community. Mm-hmm. He's he's very very well known. He's been at this for a long long time, obviously. And they sent me out there. And I'll weave in, I'll weave in some photography, um, some yeah, technical stuff with this too. <laughs> um, so they sent me out there and uh, I, I didn't know what I was prepared for, but go out there. The story was written and you, you know, you go out, you cover him for a couple days and bring us back some images that we can uh, put together with, with the article. Mm-hmm. No problem. So I go out there and not only did, not only did I fill up a memory card, but more importantly, I filled up my heart. And that was, 
you know, that was through the conversations uh, with Don here. Now, his shop is nothing more than, um, oh, I would say it's probably eight by eight by 12. Really? Shed. Yeah. Next to his, next to his place. And, you know, from the photographer's side of things, I carry two, the two main lenses that I use are my 70 to 200 and my 16 to 35. Okay. And re- regardless of what I'm covering, that will do the job. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have a Mark three and a Mark four that I marry up with those lenses and pretty much whatever, whatever job I'm on, I can cover that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, when I saw his shop, I was like, Oh boy. Okay. Well, my 16 <laughs> to 35 is going to be very, very handy right. here. Um, so going out to his shop and spending some time with him uh, was, yeah, it was extremely emotional uh, as he told me about his life and his career and, um, and his horse of 27 years that he had to put down just a few weeks prior to me coming out, oh, it was, you know, it's, it's emotional when you see an old cowboy mm-hmm. uh, tear up in his shop and talk about, uh, you know, decades of life with, with this horse. And he said, um, well, I can't repeat his exact words, but, um, <laughs> but he, he said, yeah, that was, she was a good old girl. Mm-hmm. He said, if, if I wanted to go rope a calf, we could go rope a calf. If I wanted to take a nap in, in the pasture, we could take a nap in the pasture together. Wow. Said, you know, it's, it's hard to let go of something like that. The quote you included was, life is good if you let it be. Yep. That is yep. crazy. That's, How that's cool. Don Brown. I mean, <laughs> what do you have to do in your life to get to that point? I mean, mm. that's something that, that we all should strive for. Especially in the, it, the current state of our ridiculous world right now, I mean, it's everyone simple, hates isn't each it? other. Yeah, it's just uh. yeah, it's it's just the simple things. Here's what happened with Don: is after after he and I, um, after he and I finished up our time together, uh, he has called me about every two weeks. You know, since really? then, that was last June, you know, just to check on me. How are you doing, young feller? That and is just, so cool. you know, and, and just have a have a 30 minute conversation about life. And I would, you know, I'd email back the editor and art director with AQHA and, and tell them, you know, I, I'll tell you what, you know, Don has called me up about every two weeks. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I just in fact, yeah, I just talked to him a couple well, less than two weeks ago. But hmm. um you know, he's kind of sick, got some walking pneumonia and, and just wants to catch up with, with his, uh, with his buddy. <laughs> wow. That is so crazy. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. it's just that image, you know, as I scroll through, just sucks you right in because you can tell the guy is doing the thing that he's into it and you can tell yep. he's been doing it for a while. And that's, that's what just sucks me into your work. I mean, I could just scroll through your Instagram feed for days because the work, and when you get down into your branding stuff back from December, mm-hmm. holy yeah, yeah. cow. Um, talk to me about some of these really wide angle branding shots. Oh. Are you a, like laying in the dirt beside that cow? Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, um, I have, I've been run over. I've been kicked. Oh. I've been moved out. Um, 
and I wouldn't have it any other way. It's not to say that I throw caution out the wind yelling mm-hmm. yee-haw, but um, <laughs> you, you learn to trust those that you cover. And the families that I cover, I've covered for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you just get a feel for when they're going to rope, you know, the little cues that their bodies give off. Um, and, and you trust there is, there is a significant amount of trust when I go out and I'm, and I'm covering their lifestyle, Yeah. um, that no matter what, you know, that you're being looked out for, that you're not going to, well, intentionally get mucked out, but, uh, that can <laughs> right. certainly happen. No problem. Um, and, and as a result of that, you, you not only, um, uh, you not only get access, but I think more importantly, you, you gain acceptance and, and through that acceptance, there's a, there is that deep trust that, that you're not going to get hurt while, while creating out there. Mm -hmm. And the families have given me, you know, an unlimited amount of latitude to create, to fill my little creative heart while also um, getting images for them uh, as a result of being out covering their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not a rancher, you know. I'm, and I say this all the time. I'm not a cowboy. I'm not a rancher. Um, the passion for what I do comes from the passion that people have for what they do. Right. Um, and there's uh, there's not once I've ever left any Western lifestyle shoot that I've done, whether it be branding or doctoring or or weaning or whatever i have never left going god i wish i could rope like that or i wish i could ride a horse like that (laughs) i I don't i don't at all Mm. um because it's for me there's a there's a pureness about the effort and time and dedication and persistence that these folks put in to being better at what they do Mm -hmm. and when i am i am a photographer that's, that's what I do. And if we can take both of these worlds and marry those up together and create amazing images, one of, one of my dearest friends who is a cowboy and, and a darn good roper, I mean, just, just a darn good roper. Um, several years ago, we were winding up a branding and, and there was probably a dozen calves left to rope. And he came riding by and he says, Hey, you want to get on with me? really <laughs> and it, and it, and it took a second you know it took a second I'm like heck yeah I do heck yeah I do so we got up there I got my wide angle lens I'm on the back of the horse with him and uh, and, and that's what it's about you take you, you take a darn good roper and you know and, and a photographer and you just create together and you get some of the most unique images now those images are or quite a ways back, but mm-hmm. um, it, it's a completely different perspective and, and it's been a heck of a lot of fun. And, you know, from all the uh, editorial and magazine work that, that I've done um, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to see the, the images that I create of the families um, get celebrated in print and, and be published. So that's that's the fun part. Are, are you on assignment f- for a publication in a lot of these lifestyle shoots, or do they actually have you come out? The families, both. Yeah, it, it it's both. So some of um, some of the images, you know, I'll be out like Don Brown out on location mm-hmm. on assignment for. 
Um, the brandings, no uh, brandings. I go out to cover the families, but, okay. but from those, um, and this was part of my business model early on was if I can go out there and cover those brandings and then use the images as stock and or editorial, I'll take the liability on from the business perspective. Mm -hmm. That's what I've always done. And as a result of that, that has turned into a much more uh, lucrative uh, editorial, you know, go out on assignment for specific. And that's where the money's at. I mean, selling off a stock image here and there for, you know, for a table of contents Mm -hmm. or, you know, something like that. that. I don't know beer money i suppose but uh you know the real money is going on assignment and mm-hmm. getting you know getting paid to be out on location how did you get first get known in the uh the print world like or the like i guess the the magazine the the mm. you know that that publication world yeah i took the long way around um <laughs> i i did I, yeah no bs about it um I, I've never submitted uh, just cold submitted images to any magazines, never. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I say I took the long way around. Um, my, my advantage has been persistence, that I'm consistent and I'm persistent mm-hmm. about posting out there. And um, So do they come and to as you? A, yep. Oh, man. Every, every publication, no BS, Craig, that I've ever been published in, um, whether it be a cover, double page spread, whatever it is, uh, they've always come to me and asked for <laughs> images. Yeah. Hey, wow. we saw this image. That's We'd love fantastic. to use it. And, and it that, is right. At that because point, you, can you kind of establish the, the where you want to be financially? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, it's, here's, here's another funny thing. <laughs> uh, Bruce had sent me a text uh, we're, we're talking about Canon Explorer Light Bruce Dorn. Mm-hmm. He had sent me a text uh, some time ago of this. Uh, do you remember the the old iconic "Who draws first in the Western world"? You know, you're, no. you're looking down, very low perspective, <laughs> right. looking through somebody's legs. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at another gunfighter. Yep. Okay, and and in that meme, it's you're 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 talking to an editor and a photographer and. You know, and the editor is saying, how much do you charge? And right. the photographer is saying, and, you know, and the photographer is saying, you know, what, what do you pay? And uh-huh. of course the first one that draws loses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so you, wow. you know, you gotta, it, that's a fine line and that comes with experience um, in, in that realm, uh, putting money on the table. Are mm-hmm. you losing money? Are you putting too much on the table? You know, you, you don't want to, bite the hand that feeds you and right uh, well, yeah what did you do before photography like is, mm. were you yep. have training in some of this so you had some of this or is this all learned in your photography career yeah no this is this in particular is learned in photography mm-hmm. career but um so i went to school for programming and quickly realized that i didn't want to be a programmer after a year of wanting to <laughs> gouge my eyes out. <laughs> right. um, and so I, I ended up, I ended up going to a financial institution up in St. Paul, Minnesota. And um, from there, it, it was all finance. I ended my career in banking and finance as the CIO for a bank here in Utah called CIT. Wow. Um, and, it, it, you know, and before you get any 
funny ideas that somehow I lead a, uh, you know, some kind of glorious lifestyle. I don't, I don't have, we don't have a nest egg. Yeah. We're all in. There isn't um, my, the corporate side of my career um, gave me, gave me, I think an extra edge on negotiating and things like that. But mm-hmm. um, I'm not afraid to, as I said before, I'm not afraid to take the liability on as a business and shop my images around right. if I need to. Um, but um, as Joe and I started our business together, uh, we grew it to the point that I was able to leave the bank. That's and awesome. that was, we, we talk about that all the time. That was a, that was a defining moment for sure. You know, leaving, leaving a structured lifestyle and uh, every other week deposited uh, check and health insurance and all that stuff and and going to this chaos <laughs> uh-huh. that we call self-employment. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's oh, one yeah. thing. It's one thing to be a photographer, and it's another thing to be a business owner. And Absolutely. those two things are mutually exclusive of each other. Yes, you're right. Um, I am certainly more passionate about being a small business owner than I am a photographer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I people say, "Oh, what? you know, how how did you get into photography?" I got into photography because I needed to make some money. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and that's the truth yeah. of it. I I didn't, you know, I don't have that grandpa passed down a camera to me story. Mm-hmm. I don't have that at all. Right. I, I do have a unique art history background um coming from Montana, but um I I don't have uh yeah, I don't have that kind of story. It's it's grit and grind, man. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this is shoe leather marketing and well, so thinking about that cuz it it feels like in the photography world that you should just do work, like especially if you're young, you know, just do it because you'll get good exposure. Um, so yeah. you know, give me your product because you'll 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 get some some notoriety out of it. In no other industry is that an acceptable position to take. So how do we reverse that in the in the the mindset of the new photographers? And I I, I don't know. I I have very mixed feelings about photography school. Um, in the 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 uh, university sense, but what are your thoughts on changing that up? Because what we do is as important as the person that writes a book or does the newspaper or, uh, heck maybe puts food on the shelf. Uh, it, it's a little bit, you know, a little different, but how do we change the mindset from, you know what, just give it to me. Cause you'll, you'll get some exposure out of it. It's a good question, and it's a. I believe that it's a question that has been around for centuries, um, since you know, since we you you go all the way back, you know, eighteen hundreds, mm-hmm. and people are complaining about that. People are complaining about the the diluted sense of photography, um, and it's true. It's absolutely true that mm-hmm. you know you go back even even the early you know, early 1900s where, you know, you're using film and people will complain about that all the time. I think it's, I think it's heightened in this, in this day and age because of social media. Um, But on the other hand, social media has been probably one of the best tools for self-employed photographers Mm. to get their work out there Mm -hmm. uh, to, for exposure, to be known um, even me, for example, when, when I started posting on Instagram, I've never deleted a post. Um, this is part of, this is part of my transparency as a photographer is 
or as a professional is that you can go back to the very first post I ever made. It's a deliberate choice on my part to, to make that change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It it was, it was a, I'll tell you exactly what happened and, and not to deviate from your subject, but um, social media, I'll, I'll say this social media, I feel has diluted the, diluted the profession in such a way that we say, um, you know, if you can do it, then I can do it. Right. And, and uh, followers, you know, if you have a certain amount of followers, it's being equated to currency really is that, you know, if you have X amount of followers, then I should be able to shoot for this or that brand. And that's just not the case. It, um, we know that and the brands know that. But social media, again, has been shoot for, you know, for a brand, for a, uh, for a brand lifestyle Mm -hmm. to send out a pair of jeans for free and then have somebody market those for you, you know, for nothing. (laughs) Right. Oh, man. Hey, hey, Craig, if I send you my nail clippers, will you, um, will you, yeah, will you put that on your feed and then make a 30 second story and tell me how much you love cutting your fingernails with them? You know, it's like, oh, come on. Yeah, so, but, that's the, so is the influencer model kind of broken or, or never, never had any legs? Oh, I think it has legs. Um, I, I also think that there's, um, there's a person behind the curtain mm. that is pulling the strings mm-hmm. that look, Instagram is a, is a company. Facebook is a company. Um, they want to get their cut too. Oh yeah. And, and in this influencer world, which I, de- I, I'll say it straight up, I despise it. Hmm. I, I can't stand it one bit. Um, I, I do my best to just, you know, not, uh, not become a part of that world. Um, there's nothing more that drives me nuts than if somebody calls me an influencer because, <laughs> oof, Oh, those are fighting words right there. <laughs> um, is a model broken? I, Craig, I don't know about that. Um, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it because I, I, I don't, it's not something that's in my control. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram is not in my control. Social media is not in my control. The only thing that I can control about it is, is what I say and when I post, that's it. Past that, you know, shoot, people are making money on, on telling you that they're Instagram experts and they know right. the algorithm. Right. As a former programmer, I can tell you, nobody knows the algorithm. That's proprietary. <laughs> and, and as much as you want to claim that you know the algorithm, mm-hmm. you don't. You didn't you figure it all out. Don't. Right. Nope. Yeah. Nope. No, and that's the part that we can't control. Mm-hmm. So, um, Where do you see uh, the mobile phone camera uh what has that done to the biz oh i think it's great i in in this day and age Mm -hmm. with with photography um with our mobile phones shoot uh what's what's that old saying the best camera you have is the one one with you exactly yeah yeah it's the one Mm -hmm. in your hand and there's heck there's a lot of stuff that i've taken with my phone i mean we do every day Mm -hmm. you know pictures of your kids pictures of you and your wife um, you know, when, when Bruce, Joe, Waylon, and I met up in, in Jackson, you know, I mean, your, your obligatory selfie underneath right. the antlers, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on, it's, it, yeah. but it, it still doesn't take away from, 
there's a picture I took of Bruce. We were having dinner, uh, and and you know it was just that perfect balance of of natural light coming through the window. There was right at that moment where there's some gorgeous neon lights at the bar behind him. Mm-hmm. His face is more illuminated, you know, slightly more so than the background. And it's just one of those moments that you recognize as as a photographer, mm-hmm. you know, as as an expert in your craft. And I took my phone and took the pictures. That was with your phone? Yeah. Because that's a gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> is that the one you posted? Uh, it was on my story, yeah. Oh, yeah. This uh, fantastic picture. It, 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 super yeah. colorful oh, in the yeah. background of Bruce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but those are the things that you recognize mm-hmm. again as an expert that, but the phones, yeah, they're great, man. Um, will it ever replace a DSLR or a mirrorless? Well, I guess our phone is a mirrorless, but um, no, it, it won't look, you know, you know, the difference between mm-hmm. sensor size oh, yeah. uh, of our iPhone and a, a, a medium format camera right. or even or even yeah. a full frame, you know, your Nikon or, or Canon. But, but do you think the market w- is going to go away from the print model and just go digital eventually? Or is there always going to be a market for the print? Oh, I, I believe that there will always be a market for the print. Um, as I, I, I don't have a camera, but as I look up in front of my monitor here, mm-hmm. um, you know, I see... I see the images that I have printed on my walls and, and I immediately am taken back to the moment that right. I created those images and how I was feeling when I created those images and the light that comes through. Mm-hmm. Or, I, I mean, I just, uh, I believe that there will always be a market for that. Uh, we, what, somewhere I read that on Instagram, there are, oh man, I don't. I can't even remember the number. It's something like ninety million images uploaded daily. Wow! In just a ridiculous mm-hmm. number, and we're we're so overly saturated with images that it's easy. I mean, you see the dilution happen now that you're you're so caught up in just this visual medium. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there's there's a there's a great side to it and the downside to it. The great side is, gosh, have we ever been in a better time artistically, you know, for people that make composite imagery like yourself, um, people that are pushing the boundaries of images, you know, through, through tools, through Photoshop, Lightroom, even heck, even our phones. Um, uh, what, what's his name? Um, (laughs) Russell Brown. Oh, well, I'm I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of somebody else, uh, oh, Doc Brown, Doc Brown oh, with man, uh, yeah. Adobe, oh, yeah. uh-huh. who, who yeah. uses his, uh, uh, his phone. Picked, uh, yeah, his phone. Yeah. Come on. You know, but yeah. again, we're, we, we see lighting and things like that, that, are, that come into play. But, it's more than, just but think about it. Snapshot. He's triggering strobes with the phone. Yeah. 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 And, and just that alone is, is insane to think about. I mean, can you, and, uh, I mean, think back when you started this job. <laughs> That was not even a <laughs> yeah. thought. There's no way you'll never be able to do that. Yep. Yep. You know, going back, I want I want to touch base on something real quick. Uh, this goes all the way back to one of the first questions that you asked, and you said you deliberately uh, include your exposure settings on mm-hmm. on my images, yeah. and that's part of uh, that is part of the give back that I always remember mm-hmm. as a young photographer coming up through the group and. 
and it goes, it speaks directly to, um, yes, we want to know the, the secret recipe, if you will. Yeah. But when you get, again, as you know, as you, as you get on in your career, you realize that those exposure settings really have nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. But as a new photographer coming up, you, you, I know when I used to look at images, mm-hmm. I would, uh, I, I would play a mental game with myself and say, uh, I think that was probably, they probably shot at like mm-hmm. two, eight mm-hmm. or maybe five, six or four or something like that. And then if I could see the EXIF data oh, and man. validate yep. that, yep. I, it, what that did was it boosted your confidence, yeah. your technical confidence as a photographer that I know what I'm seeing. Well, and I love because uh, I'm the nerd that I am because I'm a I'm a gear junkie. I just don't have the budget for it. <laughs> um, I, I love seeing that. And one of the things that I love about yours is I'll see an image on your feet and I'll go, "Holy crap, that's insane!" And then I go yeah, through yeah. and it was shot with a Mark III. Now, yeah. You know, and that's what an eight, <laughs> eight nine year old camera, ten year old camera. Uh huh. And what I love about that is it doesn't matter if you know what you're right. doing and you know how to use your gear, you can get the best image out of it if you know what you're doing and that's what 100%. i love about it and so when you yep. do that to me what it does is it it helps me go realize that you know what just because sony just released the new alpha one this insane stupid camera yesterday or canon's r5 which is phenomenal um isn't it it doesn't mm. you don't have to have it but they're awesome but you don't have to have it so, no um someone someone once said you can't shoot with what you don't have um, and, and it's true, yeah, you know, so as true. much as, you know, Bruce kind of ribbed me this weekend, he goes, Hey, do you have that R5? I'm like, whatever. Bruce. Of course he pulled two of them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. No. Um, so last year I had the opportunity, you know, as, as he's an explorer of light, mm-hmm. um, he was using a pre-production model and Ooh. I had the opportunity to go out and shoot with him and use it. And I was on the two to 400 uh, among different lenses. Uh, It was phenomenal. It's one of the best cameras I've ever, ever used. Now I've used um, through Canon's 5D Mm -hmm. models. I've used every one of them. I started out on, on original 5Ds. Oh yeah. That was a game changer camera. Oh, those things are incredible, man. Absolutely incredible. And then, you know, moving up to the Mark two, the Mark three, the Mark four. And and now the R5, mm-hmm. oh man, alive. Yeah. I, I, it is phenomenal. What an amazing piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my, the ones that I use right now are, uh, I, my main body is a Mark IV with my 70 to 200. Mm-hmm. And then my secondary is a Mark III with okay. my 16 to 35. Yeah. L- last year, I guess in 19, uh, no, it was actually in the summer of 20, I added an R. I, oh, yeah. I got rid of a Mark yep. III that I had, and I added an R. Um, yep. And so I have a Mark IV as my backup now. And I'll tell you what, I am, I, I'm just a hair's breadth away from dumping the four and going full mirrorless a- after using it. It's crazy. I never thought I would, but it's a beautiful machine. Uh, that's here's just the, the R. Craig, when, you know, there's still people out there that are like, oh, are you going to jump on that mirrorless bandwagon? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Look, yeah. I I can't explain this, and Bruce and I were just talking about it before uh, before I left Jackson. Um, with with the new uh, with the new RF 
uh, 70 to 200 and the R5. Yeah, I don't shaves. have any of those. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, yeah. <yet>. <laughs> it shaves, it, honest really? to God, it shaves off almost three pounds of weight. And for really? me, yeah, for me, wow. that is significant. I was just out again on assignment for AQHA. I was out in Wyoming and um, we, they wanted a four-day job. They wanted me to uh, cover this ranch as they trailed 2,500 head of cow over the mountain. And, um, it, you know, and I what, had my what cotton a job. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, again, yeah. you know, I have my cotton carrier on. I have my 70 to 200 on my side and my 16 to 35 on my chest. And you're horseback mm. for 30 miles wow. and you're jumping creeks and things like that. And, and I'll tell you what, you know, a three pound difference on there is significant mm-hmm. and, and it's not a full three, but you know, that is, that is a significant amount of weight yeah. to remove from, uh, you know, from your body as you're carrying these. Um, the R I thought about going with the R, but, um, the two things that, that drove me away from it was I didn't realize how important it was on the back of my camera using the rate button that the R doesn't have. And then that for me, I've never used that feature of the, of the body. When, when I covered high school rodeos, when Uh our youngest was, so our youngest was in high school rodeo and um, you know, like with any school event or, you know, any event, extracurricular events, parents are required to volunteer. Right. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) and, and I said, Hey, look, um, you know, I'm more than happy to run a shoot, you Uh know, push a calf, whatever. But if you want me to, I'm more Mm. than happy to cover the kids. How awesome. And they said, you know, Hey, would you do it? Heck yeah, I'll do that. And you know, when you're shooting high volume like that, um, you know, you'll save yourself 50% of the time. Well, I've never considered that up. when I shoot live action, I never even considered yep. that function. Uh, see, yeah. I just learned something, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that. that's wow. the most significant thing for me. It's, it saves a lot of time, even when I'm out on a high school senior shoot or. Yeah. Cause know. if you know, you nailed that shot and that's the one just yep. mark it. Oh. Yeah. And the Bruce and I, we, well, the four of us uh, were sitting down having some drinks at the end of the day uh, this weekend. And, you know, Bruce is on his camera. I'm on mine. We're going through, you know, scrolling through the images that we want hitting rate. And then you can sort, you know, by rate using Mm -hmm. the Canon connect tool and -hmm. then download the images from your camera, you know, that are your two stars. Yeah. It's, that was that was the biggest thing for me on the back of uh, oh, shoot. Now I'm gonna have to consider not that. <laughs> so that's, so that's when, fantastic. Does and, the R5 have it? Yes, it does. Oh, and the other thing, the other thing that the R didn't have that I rely on, ninety nine percent of the time is floating my focal point. And you know when I when I engage my focal mm-hmm. points and I'm moving that focal point around, creating those dynamic compositions mm-hmm. where. You know, let's, you know, your subject is on the right thirds and my focal point is on them. You're yep. giving them two thirds on the left for movement. Um, yeah, the, the R didn't have that, but the R5 has both of those things. And that was a game changer on mm. top of this, you know, your, your CF Express and right. the eight stop IBIS and yada, 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 yada. Well, yeah, that stabilization is just another game changer. 
Uh, working in concert wow. with your image stabilization. Now, how, yeah. how does that work? It actually, you can run two stabilizers, one in the lens and one in the body, and it doesn't counteract each other? One in body, one, uh, and then the one on your lens, yeah. What kind yeah, of voodoo is that? Uh, well, it's good voodoo because when, oh, what was it, June? No, I don't know. Whatever it was, Bruce and I last year, we were photographing one of my friends, Um and I was hand holding the two to 400 with the R5. I was racked out to 400 millimeter and, um, you know, had him on the horizon riding. Mm-hmm. Craig, this, that Ibis, and it's early in the morning. The sun hasn't risen yet. So it's, you're shooting lower light. Yeah. 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 Wow. And that Ibis plus the, uh, plus the image stabilization from the lens, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mm. Now, it's not to say that I'm going to wander around with a two to four and hand hold <laughs> right, that. Right. No. As that was, uh, honestly, it was just a, a test for me um, to try and make this camera mm-hmm. fail. And it didn't. And I'm pushing him wow. hard up against the very edge of the frame, trying to make the, the auto track, mm-hmm. you know, fall off. It wasn't. And, and this is a pre-production model. I'm just like, forget it, man. This wow. thing is phenomenal so the flexibility of the new of, of that r5 is really the the, the key and plus those other features but yep. it was the autofocus just dynamite yep mm. yeah it, it's almost uh i told bruce i said it's almost too good really it, it's almost too good man alive well I, yeah i i, 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 I can't I, wait I, to uh crazy. jump jump on to uh, the r5 bandwagon honestly but yeah. in in your experience does it need to be married with the new rf lenses Rather than a, a, a adapted, yeah. um, oh boy, what, what's the answer to that? <laughs> I, I, I don't think so, Craig. Um, ideally, yes, mm-hmm. uh, of course, for the weight, yeah, 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 100%. But using the adapter ring, um, that they've come out with to put on your, you know, my I have a version two 70 to 200, mm-hmm. I would still use that you know, to get into the R5. Right. Um, and then, you know, save up and, and get mm-hmm. to get the RF crazy. 70 to 200. Yeah. Uh, wow. This is what I call hashtag photo nerdy. And, and it's the stuff that I just, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll sit and yeah. roll through the specs, the specs of a new gear because I just, it intrigues me. Um, yeah. Fellow <laughs> propeller heads. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Don't give me a car. Give me camera gear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is what wakes you up at night? What's the thing that goes? Oh, that that's it, and it keeps you from sleeping. Oh, uh, business, business. Um, you know, that's the other side of photography. You can be you can be a photographer and work for a studio and not have to worry about any of that crap. Mm-hmm. Or you can be a photographer that's self employed, um, and that goes for any profession. You, know, you can be a doctor working for a you know, for a practice, yeah. or you can be a doctor that starts their own practice, you know, completely different, two different worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what it is for me. You know, the, the highs and lows of being self-employed are exactly that. They're the highest of highs and lowest of lows. Mm. Um, there's plenty of times that my wife and I have been in tears and, and said, you know, we're done with this. I'm not going to do it anymore. And I'm going to go get I'm going to go be a paid employee again and, and not have to worry about all this crap. And the, yeah, you know, 
I, I think you, not I think, but you know another self-employed person when you come across them. Yeah. There's, you don't, you don't have to prove it. You, you know the blood, sweat, and tears that goes into it. And all you have to do is give that nod and, mm-hmm. and you know. Um, those are the things that keep me up at night. Uh, um, not my kids anymore. They don't keep me up at night. All the kids are, <laughs> all the kids are grown. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 18, 19, and 21. Oh, man. Um, and I, kind of going back to photography from that side of things with the kids. Um, man, alive, Craig. Uh, I remember this, this one image that I did. It was about the time that my oldest, um, Sydney, was graduating from high school, and I was—I uh, had just uh, flown her back to Boston. She got a scholarship at a really good school, and I had flown her back there. And she's such a daddy's girl. I left—I left convocation, and man, I was balling. And and I and I got back. Uh, I got back just in time to go down and cover what. Uh, here in Utah, we call it the Dixie Six. It's a series of six high school rodeos down in southern Utah. Beautiful. And and as I'm there, I'm covering the outskirts, and and I see a barrel racer and her dad um, just before she's about to enter the arena. And I see her dad put his hand on her leg as she's up on her horse, and he pats her on the leg. And, you know, from, from a parent's point of view, you look at that and you know what's happening. I mean, you don't have to say anything, you know, what's happening there. And, and I posted this image the following day and I said something like, um, you know, as parents, we know these times are going quick as Mm. kids, you know, it it doesn't even matter. Right. But parents, we know these times are, are, aren't coming back. And this pat is is just that that no matter what happens out there, I'll always be here for you when mm-hmm. you get back. And um, oh my gosh, uh, the mother called me the following day. She goes, oh, you have my <laughs> husband in tears and oh. blah 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 blah. And can I get a print of that? That's fantastic. That's how you create those images, right? Mm-hmm. You 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 see that, and and along with the technical side, you know, you see the light and the composition and, and things like that, but the emotional side of what we do is uh, it's not just a snapshot. It's a story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Things that keep me up at night, not the kids anymore, but the uh, business side. Yeah. That, that keeps me up. Um, COVID was a real pain in the butt as we all know. And um, <laughs> the first half of last year, not the first half, the first quarter of last year was dismal. Mm-hmm. Um, every job I had and no no two ways about it. every job I had canceled. Hmm. Uh, that yeah. really sucked. Yeah. So um, uh, I do a lot of event work as well here in Salt Lake City. Um, a lot of political work up on Capitol Hill and stuff like that. And um, yeah, every dang job canceled on me. Wow. Um, that was pretty scary. But around May, I, I may start to pick back up. And then I'll tell you what, the end of the year was just extreme. Like I made up for what I lost in the beginning and then some, which wow. I'm completely thankful for. Mm-hmm. No, this year, same thing. Um, busy. I don't have a free weekend for the next four weeks. And uh, then I have a couple free weekends. Then I'll be down in, supposed to be down in Florida 
for a speaking gig down there for a equine retreat, photography retreat. And then April starts my own uh, photography retreat. And uh, it just goes from there. You know, you just. Hmm. That but, is crazy. <laughs> How, um, one of the things that I have been, it, as I've, you know, I, I've commented a couple times on stuff you've done over the last year or so, and you're always very deliberate to respond um, with just gratitude. And how do you stay so positive in everything? I don't. Um, <laughs> it seems like uh, it. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks. Um, it's hard, Craig. Um there, this is this is a rabbit hole that your listeners probably don't want to go down with us. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, when it comes to people commenting on my images or you know saying, "Hey, this is a great image," mm-hmm. um, as I said before, I don't take that as a cliche. And when somebody takes the time out of their day to give me a thumbs up or to say this image is amazing, I'll make sure to take time out of my day to thank you for doing mm-hmm. that. It's not some BS, you know, trying, I'm, I'm trying to create followers or likes. I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. Um, I never have. I've never cared about growing my Instagram following. I don't care about that. What I care about is posting images that, it, that inspire me, that move me. Mm-hmm. And, and hopefully they move somebody else too. And if they do and somebody says that, man, it, it's just being polite. Yeah. Right. Isn't that what we should be anyways, is just polite? Like you think. And and that's <laughs> yeah. way and that's a way okay. that I treat that's the way that I treat Instagram. Mm. Um, how do you stay so upbeat? Um, you know, behind the scenes, behind the scenes can be scary. Um uh photographers, artists, uh miserable SOBs, right? <laughs> Um, you, you create out of the most miserable conditions. Um, in, in fact, that last example, um, about, uh, uh, look, I was already depressed, um, dropping my daughter off across the country in Boston at school. And, and I was depressed about it. I'm not, I will, I, I won't make two bones about it. I was very depressed. And so when I see things like that, my emotions are coming through my images and mm-hmm. I see that. And I was in tears. I, to be honest with you, I had that camera behind my face because I wanted to hide the tears right. that were coming down my, my eyes. Yeah. And, and shortly after that, uh, you know, for, fast forward to the following spring, um, I'm at a branding and it just turns out that it's right before Father's Day. And um, uh a lot of the guys that are there have their daughters there and they're roping with them. Mm. And I'll tell you what, man, I, again, I had tears in my eyes, you know, I'm missing, I'm missing my kids. That's it. Uh, You, you balance out what we do. Um, You try and balance that out um, because you can, um, there's a gal, Jen Zeller. Mm -hmm. um, One of the most emotional images that I created um, comes from her ranch from one of her family members uh, whose child committed suicide mm. at 10 years old. And wow. this person asked me, they said, uh, they said, Hey, you see that picture on the piano of that boy? I said, yeah. And she said, I want you to take a picture of that picture. 
I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. No problem. She says, but you know, it'll be after the, the retreat is over and you can come down to my restaurant. I said, okay. So I went down to her restaurant and I, um, I've never publicly released this image yet, but um, uh, I went down to her restaurant and what I wasn't prepared for was she, she came in with a picture, but she also came in with the boots that her son was wearing oh, man. when he took his own life. And you can see the impressions that his feet made in his boots, you know, mm. and she handed me his, his cowboy hat that he was wearing and, and, you know, they're native American and, and she had a feather in the hat. And I remember her saying, you know, make sure this feather doesn't touch the ground because it's blessed. I said, yeah, no problem. So then she proceeded to tell me that she wanted me to put those things and his picture on a table where her grandma used to sit and her initials are in, in the table. And on top of that, she had me a picture of, of her sister and her dad who have since passed away. And she wanted that in the picture. And then, and then the painting, uh, there's a painting in this picture as well that where everybody is buried. Mm. And so I took, you know, it probably took a couple hours of compositing, you know, of, uh, I think there were 19 individually lit images wow. that I composited into one image. And the last image that I took, I asked her to hold the picture of her son Mm. because as a parent, we'll never forget the feeling of holding our children. And so she, she put her hands on the picture and she held it and, and she, you know, she can be a raunchy old girl and (laughs) and just love her to death. I mean, she is just something special. Um, So I, I, I created this image. I sent it back to her and she was absolutely floored. She was ecstatic about it. Um, And, and then unbeknownst to her, I sent her a print of it. And as I recall, it showed up on the anniversary of her son's death. Mm. And she just, you know, was floored um, in, in a good way. Mm Um, creating something like that, Craig, you, you leave with ghosts Mm. and I didn't realize it until I got home and I, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And and I can't, I can't really articulate it, but I felt like when I would pull up my images, um, you, you you kind of feel like you see ghosts Mm. and, and I told my wife that I could just throw away my equipment and I could never... (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm just done. Mm-hmm. I, I'm done. I can't handle this right now. And and I actually went to therapy over it. Uh, wow. I didn't have the emotional tools to deal with the aftermath of that because we we tend to empathize with our subjects as much as we have fun. You know, like a high school senior in front of our lens, and we're just having you know it's it's a sweet spot for a lot of photographers. You know mm-hmm. that you can you can play off of one another and. And there's more, there's more times than not that I've been put in these kinds of situations to document a life. Yeah. Um, because you're a storyteller, because you empathize and, and sometimes it's hard to come back from those assignments. Like with Don Brown, same thing, you know, you, mm-hmm. you open up, you, you're vulnerable, you, you empathize and you, you have to learn to come back from those things. Um, and uh, maybe, you know, coming back to your original question, maybe Instagram is a, uh, is an outlet for me 
to tell my stories yeah. and in a way it's it's therapeutic it's cathartic it it allows me to uh to emote in a way that uh, lets those ghosts go mm. how's that for deep that snap out of it absolutely snap out of fantastic it. <laughs> there was this one time i was run over by roper <laughs> That hurt in a much different oh, way. Oh, I bet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> different kind of therapy for that. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Chris, that's amazing. Um, thank you. That is, uh, and and I think that really does encapsulate the value of what we do, and 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 the reasons. Yeah, of course, you know, you can go play and have fun, um, but when it really comes down to it, is what we're making is where where we are putting a visual stamp on history really as it's being made i mean if you want to get cliche but it it really is that and i think that's the one thing um that we have i i sat with a client back in december uh we were going through a family shoot that we did with them and as they were talking as the the culture they came out of um as kids um history uh, was not something that you look back on. And so they were, the, the culture required of them to actually burn images from their past and destroy mm. them. And as I was sitting there, I, it was heartbreaking because they now have nothing to visually remember their childhood because their, their, the culture they were in said, you can't do that, it's bad. And yep. it's just insane to think about. And, and to me, it just it, it helps solidify what we do is it's important. And we need to, you know, continue no matter what. We need to continue to document. There was, you know, certain cultures obviously have, uh, are, are different. Um, and Native American culture is, is different in, in different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce and I were down in Moenkopi with a with a um with a hopi family uh a, a young gal that bruce mentors uh we were down with um, their family and photographing his kids in in their headdresses and and whatnot and the hopi culture is different from let's say uh the blackfeet culture up mm. in montana mm-hmm. and uh and I posted an I posted an image of of this guy's youngest daughter, and and someone had commented on there. They were nice. It wasn't you know, rude or anything like that. But they they had made somewhat of a an insinuation that you know photographing the Native American culture um, could be seen as insensitive. Oh, and, right. And um, the uh, the husband. Um, or the the father of this girl um, commented on there. He said, you know, there's nothing insensitive about this at all. Mm. You know, if if there's, you know, Chris knows and Bruce knows, you know, the things that they can and cannot photograph, you know, in Mm -hmm. in our culture. And this is something that they can photograph. And, and I, you know, when, when me and my family go out and, and we do our ceremonies, you know, a lot of times these things are forgotten, you know, and, and I want to remember them. Right. 
Hmm. Um, you know, you have, it's with anything that we do, you have to respect the culture. You have to respect the lifestyle, even within the Western community. You know, yeah. I've been, I've been beat up inside the Western community about some of the stuff that I post and, <laughs> and, but, but the fact of the matter is, is I wouldn't post it if I didn't have approval from uh, the people in you it, know, from the folks that, yeah. that were in it. Yeah. Absolutely. And the people, the people that are in it, you know, from my Western side of things. Yeah. We'll just leave that alone. You know, they, yeah. I wouldn't post it if I didn't have their approval. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people can be in the photography community, even, you know, the the hard thing about ideologies is they're too idealistic. Mm. Kind of what it comes down to sometimes. So, and, you know, it's, it's everywhere. It's not just one area. Yeah. All right. Last question. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Do you cook? Do I cook? Yeah. Um, I, I cook going through the drive-thru of McDonald's <laughs> getting chicken nuggets. <laughs> and I ask them to be well done. <laughs> and that's going to wrap it, everybody. <laughs> 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 do, do I cook? Um, yeah, yeah. Yes and no. Um, my specialty is morning is breakfast. You know, do, uh, like egg McMuffins mm-hmm. from McDonald's. <laughs> from McDonald's. Yes. <laughs> we, yeah, I, I got to throw the McDonald's piece right. in there because I know my yeah. friend Waylon will get a kick out of it. Nice. <laughs> Well, Chris, um, this has been an absolute pleasure of mine. Um, Chris, uh, cdphotog.com is your website, cdphotog on the Instagram. I encourage everybody, go follow this, if for nothing else, uh, than to be <laughs> inundated with phenomenal emotion in the imagery that Chris creates. Um, it is, it, it's absolutely fantastic. And if I could have <laughs> a little bit, if I could produce a little bit similar to the way you produce the emotion in your images, um, that would be a huge success. So, Chris, I am very grateful for your time. Um, is there any last thoughts you want to give anyone listening? Thank you for the compliment. I, I really appreciate that. And in parting, if I were to give one piece of advice, it would be shoot from your heart. Mm. That is good. Excellent. Well, this is the interview. Um, Chris Dickinson, once again, thanks so much for coming in. Uh, coming in. I, you know, someday you'll have to come to town and we'll do it in studio. But I'll uh, do that. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, Chris Dickinson, uh, photographer extraordinaire uh, and actually a great storyteller. So thank you for sharing your some of your life and where you're at. And we will chat again soon i'm sure uh this is wonderful this is the interview podcast on the wine Link podcast network i'm craig weinberg thanks so much for listening um if you have any questions or comments whymillbank at gmail.com is the email address the website whymillbank.com if you want to help support the show there's a donate button on there uh anything is great if you got value out of this show and you want to turn that into some support for the show do that Uh, but most of all tell your friends and go create have a wonderful day thank you so much for listening